Well, good afternoon, Faith Family. I'm here with Dan Herbster. We're going to talk about today's sermon from 2 Samuel 15. This is the story of Absalom's conspiracy uh, against his father, David. Um, how did how did this sermon help you today? Uh, well, two things. I mean, just think as you were just, just uh, doing that intro, I thought of something um, just as far as just the story itself, and then as far as spiritually how it impacted me. First of all, I mean, it really, this is kind of like an action thriller in some mm-hmm. ways, like high political drama, uh, near escapes, betrayal, uh, back on the run, like the fugitive almost. Um, so it's an exciting story. But what it what it did for me spiritually is I just kept thinking about the seriousness of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle made the point that, yes, David is forgiven, David is a man of faith. God, he is trusting in God's promises. But all of what's happening here is a result of his sin with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And, and Nathan's prophecy of the, the consequences of his sin um, are, are coming to fruition even though David is still the chosen one, he is still, uh, and he is still trusting in the promises of God. Uh, as one, I think I've heard preachers say in the past, you can choose your sin, but you can't choose your consequences. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you can't have forgiveness. Doesn't mean you can't have restoration. But there w- will be ongoing effects uh, uh, to your sin. As, and as Christ uh, said, and as Kyle alluded to it, you reap what you sow. And yeah. so we are seeing David uh, continue to reap some of what he sowed in his uh, adultery with Bathsheba and then his uh, murder of Uriah in the attempted cover-up. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was, What I, I think the main thing that I took away, that we've had this theme going all the way through for the last several chapters that, uh, that you can be forgiven of your sin, but your con- the consequences of your sin, the earthly consequences of your sin, uh, uh, do not go away, and you see that played out uh, in the most horrific ways in in David's life, especially in this chapter and and in the coming chapters um, in Second Samuel. Uh, Kyle talked about he 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 kind of scattered these throughout the sermon. Uh, there were six truths: uh, a political truth, a crisis truth, a friend truth, a theological truth, a christological truth, and a truth for non-Christians. Uh, did did any one or two of those stick out to you? Yes. Well, I'm going to cheat and do at least two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, some people, some of you might know that I'm a former, maybe some would say recovering politician. <laughs> uh, back before I joined the army, back in Indiana, I was actually had the privilege of serving in local government as a county councilman. Had been involved in campaigns, and and still I I I, I, I keep up with uh, political affairs, national, state, local, just a little bit more than the average bear because I I care about that stuff, and so that 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 political truth really um, struck home. And I think, you know, with a recent contentious midterms, with another special election Tuesday to determine the split of the Senate, and then already the the, the 2024 presidential campaign is, is already begun uh, already. Um, and because of just all the, just a lot of the the thinking about um, political controversy and, and division over the last few years, I think this is a really timely truth for us who are believers, and we're thinking about what does healthy political involvement look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there there are two big um, uh, wrong uh, extremes that we can go to when we think about Christian involvement in politics, especially here in the United States. One is that we just don't do any of, oh, it's all icky, so let's not do anything and not even uh, do enough due diligence to know how we want to vote or not vote. 
I think we have a responsibility and a real privilege as Americans to have some influence over our government, over our, our country. And so at the very least, we should, um, we should be informed enough so that we can cast an intelligent ballot to, uh, to the extent possible that we can. Well, for one thing, we're all commanded to pray for those who have authority over us. So if you're ever struggling to think about what should be on your regular prayer list, uh, read through the, the New Testament commands to pray for those who have authority over us. And in America, that's federal level, state level, local level. Um, we should be praying for our elected officials, whether we like them or not, whether we agree with all their policies or not. But we have a responsibility to pray for, for uh, our, our government. And uh, if we have the right to vote, we should seek to steward that for God's glory. So there's that, that baseline. We shouldn't just withdraw wipe our hands of it and not have any involvement because that's a missed opportunity to be salt and light as God has called us to do. The other end of that spectrum is to basically make an idol out of political involvement. Maybe that's making an idol out of a political figure mm-hmm. and uh, drinking the Kool-Aid, so to yeah. speak, and that's believing really their what promises. The, this political yeah, yeah, and we're him. always tempted to do that or to demonize our political opponent. It, it is okay to disagree with politicians, to have policy preferences, we do need to be very humble and careful about what is truly a thus saith the Lord versus this is my strong preference uh, uh, as far as a political issue. That and we just still need to be charitable to our fellow citizens and try to be persuasive and gracious as we do that. Um, God calls each of us to different levels of involvement in politics, but we certainly need to be, um, uh, as people who believe in the fallen nature of man, we need to be very skeptical of of sweeping promises by politicians or political parties or political ideologies. We need to realize that our ultimate hope is in God and in Christ's kingdom. Um, and and just sure, is it wonderful to be salt and light here and now, but we need to really keep that perspective. And Absalom's just another example of how sometimes the people who sound the greatest, who resonate with us the most, mm-hmm. are the most, they're not really serving people they're not public servants. They're they're just trying to butter people up so that they can use people for their own glory. Yeah, and that truth. I, I'm, I just want to read it again because I think it's worth uh, hearing mm. that, uh, and and hopefully listen to the sermon before watching this. But uh, do not listen to the empty promises of charismatic politicians. Stake your life on the unmovable promises of God. That's just such a, a great uh, truth to to take into. Uh, I, I wish I didn't have to say this next election season because we were so far out. We, th- we think we are, but mm-hmm. it's already it's, it's already beginning. Already begun, yeah. So whether you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, some other you know uh, ideology or philosophy or pol- political persuasion, that's a truth we all need to hear. Yeah. So that's that's the the political truth. The other, I mean, there are so mm-hmm. many good p- truths here, but the one that again just. Uh, is just so powerful and so important is the Christological truth and the beautiful way that Kyle, through compare and contrast, showed uh, how David is foreshadowing a better descendant, a better son of David, Mm -hmm. a better king who would walk from Jerusalem through the Kidron Valley and up to the Mount of Olives. Just a powerful way to demonstrate, again, preaching Christ from all of the scripture that Kyle does week in, week out. But again, just today, I could see how, like, you know, maybe some of us doing our devotions out of this passage, you know, we we might struggle to be like, no, how do I find the gospel in this? Mm -hmm. Kyle did an excellent job of showing, again, to be how to be faithful to the text and the original meaning and yet show how it points to Christ. Yeah. That that truth was was kind of blew my mind. Uh I when I read it last night, I I registered Mount of Olives. I was like, "Oh yeah, I I I know that there's a connection there." Uh but when Kyle uh 
I can't remember the psalm. Was it Psalm 41? Or I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, when he talked about how Jesus actually quoted the same, like the words of, of uh, David in the same situation. So it's like, not, this isn't just some uh, connection that we're kind of pulling out of we're the air. We're not forcing it into the text. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. this is it's an actual from, connection yeah. that we are meant to yeah. see in Full this counsel text. of God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just, I just thought that was that was wonderful. That's like something that, that I'll take away from this passage. And, and it makes me want to find those nuggets mm-hmm. in other, uh, uh, in sort of yeah. unsuspecting chapters exactly. of the Old Testament. And if you're looking for a resource... Um, I was just having a conversation after my morning seminar this morning about what are some other resources besides just like a one-volume book or something about what is the gospel? What are some resources to help me do this myself as I'm doing my own devotions? Uh, um, uh, There's a couple resources that I recommended to her and I recommend to the church family. One is the ESV Study Bible. There's a lot of good study Bibles out there. That's just the one that I use. I think it's good for both advanced Christians and for new believers. Um, it's going to give you a lot of helpful background of, of the scripture passage, but it is going to make these gospel connections. And then one that's good specifically for just how do I find the gospel in this passage. Again, it's good for people who are uh, teaching, but it's also good for people who generally want to be able to do this throughout the whole scripture is also the an ESV Bible, but it's the Gospel Transformation Bible. Mm. It's not a true study Bible. It's not going to give you all the background you need just for daily Bible study, but basically just about any passage of the Bible, the footnotes will help you see gospel implications, gospel connections in pretty much any passage of the scripture. So if you want to be able to do what Kyle does, um, those are just some practical resources that will help you be able to see those gospel connections as you're studying the Bible for yourself. Great. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, well, just that final, that that gospel um, truth for uh, non-Christians is uh, anybody watching this and who's not sure about the gospel, uh, he made it very clear there's one or two kingdoms that you can be serving. Either you're like Absalom, you are serving yourself, you are serving the enemy of God's promise, or you are serving Jesus. There's no neutrality. So our goal f- uh, and our desire for you is that you would follow on your your knees and worship Jesus Christ, the true King, the the true the better Son of David, who died for our sins, um, who did for us what David could not do, is that you would put your faith and trust in Him. And then finally, I just loved how you closed with joy to the world mm. at the very end. And it's just amazing how like we we're talking about the true King, the false King, the better King, and then we're singing about Christ's second coming, right. uh, joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. Uh, that is our ultimate hope, is, mm-hmm. that, is that we serve the suffering king, Jesus Christ, who suffered for sins with the hope that one day uh, Christ will return in his glory and we will part of that, be part of that eternal king forever. Right. That kingdom, that eternal kingdom forever. Yeah. Right. Well, church, uh, we'll be back next week with uh, 2 Samuel 16. And uh, until then, go in peace, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.